Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is revolutionbroadcasting.com. This show is live every Tuesday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Today is Tuesday, August 17th. 2010 and tonight we have a great show lined up for you we are going to be talking about the indoctrination system of public education right here in the United States this is a part of our ongoing discussion and revelation of the methods of mind control which we have outlined and we will continue to explore in depth over the next several weeks so what I'd like to do first is uh, make a quick event announcement and I only have one event announcement for today and it is about the free your mind conference this is a conference that I am hosting I'm going to have some great speakers coming out, some heavyweight speakers coming out for this conference. It's called Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. This is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011, in Philadelphia, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness on the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, covert or occult and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. 
We already have some great speakers lined up, like Aaron McCollum, Andrew Basiadro, Alfred Weber, Jay Parker, Laura Eisenhower, Michael Kelly, and myself, Mark Passio. This will be very reasonably priced, only $20 per day. It'll be all day, both days on the weekend from about 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, April 9th and 10th, 2011. The admission price only $20 and the location, Ruba Hall in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia at 414 Green Street. That's the event announcement. I'd like to give out the call-in number for this show. Feel free to call in at any time. Hold on the line once you call because if I'm in the middle of discussing something, we're uh, laying out a concept or an idea. It'll take me a moment to see you on the switchboard, but I will eventually get to the call. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number for What on Earth is Happening, 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to put in the call ID number for this show, which is 83515. The call ID number, 83515. All right, so we have over the last several weeks been discussing how mind control works. What are the methodologies by which mind control is perpetuated? How is it wielded upon the public consciousness? It's critical to understand these methods because only when we are fully aware of these methods do we understand how they are working against us, how we ourselves may be under these influences. And indeed, the vast, vast majority of us are to one extent or another, affected by the methods of mind control. In the past weeks, we looked at the technique of obfuscation to render unclear, unintelligible, bewildering, confusing. It's essentially putting up smoke screens and confusing one idea for another. We looked at worldview poisoning, which has to do with one's own way of seeing oneself in the world and indeed one's relationship to others in the world. We saw how worldview poisoning works through getting people to see human nature itself as fundamentally flawed or evil. Getting people to see themselves as a thing instead of a unique individual, placing a digit value on one's worth. And again, we saw worldview poisoning working on people from the perspective of reducing their imagination, their idea of what is or isn't possible, particularly their idea of just how much change 
is possible for them to affect in the world. In previous weeks, we also looked at the exploitation of our primal fears, fears that we carry with us on a genetic basis, on a species-wide basis, nested deep down into the subconscious mind, fears that have been with us since our ancient past, deep in our ancestry, and that we carry at a subconscious, even a genetic level, whether we are aware of these fears or not. Well, occultists are aware of these fears, and they use them against us whenever they have the chance. And if someone is, isn't aware of their own fears, of course it's a piece of cake to manipulate individuals like that. Last week, I think it was a great show. It revealed a lot. I think some people got a lot out of it from the feedback that I've gotten for that show. We talked about the divide and conquer strategy. And this is a huge technique of mind control and manipulation. People have much less overall effective power when they are fighting amongst themselves instead of directing their power outwardly to affect change. So to keep people divided and continuously seeing themselves in a state of separation and difference is a manipulator's dream. As long as we keep perceiving ourselves as different along different lines like race, sex, age, religion, nationality, politics, etc., 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 we will be continue, continued, we will continue to be conquered from without by those who understand how to use this technique of divide and conquer. So we looked at that in depth last week. And this week, we're going to look at something that in some form or another, all of us have been affected by, just about all of us. And this is what we laughingly call education in modern Western civilization. Indeed, all over the world, but particularly in Western countries. It would be nice if we had real education. Sadly, what we do have is what we're going to go into, an indoctrination system. It's been that way for a long, long time, folks. This is nothing new but it's still important to understand how the public school system in particular works, how it is set up, what is the general model of our educational system here in the United States, 
and why it seems to be churning out people that can barely tie their shoes, let alone understand events that are playing out on the world stage. Let's look at the definition for indoctrination first. Indoctrination means to teach a person or group to accept, to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. I'll read that again. To indoctrinate. The very definition of the word is to teach a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically without thinking critically about the information on any sort of a deep level. It's essentially regurgitation of information for some sort of reward. Memorize this because this is what I told you. This is how I told you it was. And if you do memorize that, regurgitate it back to me the way I want it, you're rewarded. If, on the other hand, you disagree with said information that was given and you don't provide it back the way that it was put forward, no reward, meaning grades. The system of rewards in the educational system is grades. As if this is some kind of indicator of actual learning. And secondarily, as if the information that is being presented is truth, first and foremost. What we have in the United States, as far as our educational system goes, is a system that is akin to the Nazi and Soviet educational models that were used in those respective regimes. And in general, what this indoctrination system is, is an outcome-based model for quote-unquote education. So we're going to look at what that means. We're going to look at what outcome-based education is. Why we have it here in the United States and why this type of a system does not lead to individuals that have acquired a true, healthy sense of learning, of curiosity to learn, first and foremost, and most importantly, the ability to think critically, 
about that which they do take in by listening to someone, reading, watching various forms of media, etc. So let's keep the definition in mind as we go into this. Indoctrination isn't to educate. It is simply to get someone to accept a set of beliefs unquestioningly. That's essentially the educational model that we have in the United States. Moreover, the educational model that we have here is specifically geared toward only left-brained modes of consciousness. Now, this is arguably even more important than the fact that it is, a, it is an outcome-based model. We talked on previous shows extensively about how the brain works, the components of the human brain, what these components are essentially responsible for, and what they generate in terms of human behavior when these brain components are used in certain ways or when we are chronically dwelling only in certain modalities of consciousness that manifest in the brain. We looked at the three components of the brain, the three essential complexes of the brain, is more accurate to say, as being the R-complex, being the survival and base instinctual mechanism of the brain, comprised of the brain stem and the cerebellum. Above that, we had the limbic brain or the mammalian brain. So the R-complex stands for reptile brain because it is of a reptilian nature. Instinct, survival only. Base consciousness, stimulus response, motor skills, and not much more beyond that. Dealing with the physical world and one's survival in it. Above that, we have the limbic system. Many of the glands in the brain, in that complex of the brain, essentially responsible for our emotional makeup, for generating the chemicals necessary for us to feel emotion within the physiology. The spirit in which we do things, our moods, all the gamut of emotions, whether positive, negative, or indifferent. Then we saw the higher brain called the neocortex, which sits above the limbic brain. It's the highest in physical location 
and correspondingly, it represents the highest part of the brain as far as consciousness goes. This part of the brain governs higher order thinking, creativity, logic, intuition, mathematics, art, science, music, everything that essentially makes us human, all of the human faculties that are essentially not possessed in other species. So this neocortex comprised of the left brain hemisphere and the right brain hemisphere, we call the human brain. So we have these three complexes all within us, the reptile, the mammal, and the human brain. We saw how if one hemisphere or the other hemisphere is dominant chronically, how that will express in terms of behavior and what kinds of personalities and behaviors will result, will be displayed should one side of the brain completely dominate the other. Essentially what we saw when we looked into this was that if one becomes chronically left-brained, chronically left-brain dominant, a controlling type of personality will develop. Very ego-driven, very centered upon the physical world, the physical reality. Never looking toward any deeper questions, never looking to seek to understand the spiritual component or dimension of our existence. And essentially, accepting one's role in a hierarchically based system. We talked about how hierarchy is one of the components of the structures of control along with compartmentalization. When we started looking into how mind control works. If the right brain becomes chronically dominant, you have a person that is more apt to ignore the physical reality, not care about one's situation in the world. Be more apt to drift off in sort of a new agey type consciousness, let's say. Thinking that everything is just fine no matter how bad it gets because it's just the physical world. It's not that important. Addiction stems from this form of right brain imbalance because it's not caring about what you do to the vessel that you your spirit inhabits. doesn't make a difference. It's just the body. It's just the flesh. I'll punish it. Why not? Self-loathing, suicidal tendencies, etc., etc. So toward the left brain imbalance, you see 
total scientism. Pure atheism. Social Darwinism. Moral relativism, etc. Toward the right brain imbalance, you'll see radical religionism. One form of imbalance produces a control freak type personality. One form of imbalance creates the type that will go along with just about anything. Left brain imbalance, control, acceptance of hierarchy. Right brain imbalance, slave type personality, never speaking up for one's own rights or injustices that may occur, and also accepting of a hierarchical-based institutionalized structure. In our current educational model in the Western Hemisphere, and again, this is reflected essentially throughout the world, but I'm talking specifically of the public school education system that we have here in the United States, we have a predominantly left-brained, imbalanced model. This system essentially ignores the creative, imaginative capacities of the right brain hemisphere. And all of its functions essentially work upon the left brain of the individual. Science and math, words, linguistics, etc. These are left-brained concepts. We engage in the left brain when we engage in logic, science, mathematics, literature, etc. Word skills. all kinds of business or economic skills. All types of modern science for the most part. This is what is heavily stressed. We've heard it in the past referred to as the three R's. The three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. That old adage. And I've kind of joked that the three R's will put you into and keep you in the R complex. See, when we're chronically engaged in the left brain hemisphere and its modalities of consciousness, the limbic brain will suffer as a result of that not using both hemispheres of the brain in balance. Chronically, always engaging the left brain hemisphere. 
will essentially begin to disengage the limbic brain. And it will root one's consciousness in the R complex of the brain. The complex that centers upon instinct, survival, focus upon self, lowercase s. Focus upon one's own needs. Not caring about anything that is holistic. Meaning if it doesn't affect me, I'm not interested in it. It doesn't affect me personally on a personal level. Meaning my body, my physical needs. And maybe extending out to one's immediate family. When the right brain hemisphere is chronically dominant, we see the opposite. We see the person tending to care less and less about the physical needs. The person will become unattentive toward one's own body and situation and only, only focus on things that are of this spiritual or otherworldly nature or if it goes far enough into imbalance, just become a self-loathing or addictive potential. This is because the limbic brain is where one is continuously, quote-unquote, living. This is where the person is engaging consciousness because the right brain imbalance will begin to shut down the functions of the R-complex or the survival modality of the brain. So with one type of imbalance, we get one generalized set of behaviors. With another type of imbalance, we get a different set of generalized consciousness modalities. The right brain imbalance suppresses the instinct and survival mechanisms of the individual in, the, in their proper component, in their proper function, and it essentially makes the limbic brain become the master and control the individual. Left brain imbalance, the R-complex becomes the master and controls the individual. So the person becomes reptilian when they're in a state of left brain imbalance. Following hierarchy. Accepting what comes in through hierarchically based institutions, meaning follow orders and also attempt to control. This perfectly describes the controller class, quote-unquote. And I don't mean the real controller class. I'm talking about people who think they're controllers, police and military. Left brain imbalanced all the way. 
completely accepting of the hierarchical structures, following orders, attempting to control those that they consider below them. Us versus them mentality. Only ever giving any importance to the physical world. The right brain imbalance, the person is controlled by the limbic system, where essentially they are a victim of their emotions. And here you have people that purely think with their emotions, the kind of people who can't accept the kind of controls that are taking place in the world. They can't accept any of the evidence, the multitude of evidence that, for example, politicians are puppets. The system controls them. And they essentially have owners in the banking institutions. But they think they're going to vote their way out of this mess. They'll just put in another puppet in the hierarchy within the institution and he'll solve it. People that think like this are overwrought by their emotions. Their emotions control their thinking. They don't think at any kind of a logical level. It's just as uncritical It's just as erroneous as people that think only with a left brain. To think there is nothing going on of any sort of a spiritual nature on earth. That this has nothing to do with spirit. That there's no such thing as good or evil, let's say. The idea of moral relativism. All of these types of consciousness, of quote-unquote thinking, if you even want to call it that, come out of the Western educational model that we laughingly call education, I should say. And this is by design. That's what we need to keep in mind. Controllers don't want anyone truly educated. They want obedient people. They want people who readily accept things. They want people who will accept their role and take their place in a hierarchically designed institutionalized structure. And whether you come out of that education system on the left brain side of the imbalance or the right brain side of the imbalance, the right brain side is much rarer, but it does happen. Essentially, you're not a person that thinks critically or thinks at all. Essentially, Most people that come out of this system have been indoctrinated to simply accept their role. Know your role, shut your mouth, 
take your place in the workforce at whatever level of proficiency you may have happened to assimilate to. And that's your life. Put your head down, do your work, retire, we'll bring in new, new flesh. You're just filling in a position, filling in a position, filling in a position. And then once you're disposable, once you can't be used anymore, off you go and in, in comes someone else to fill the position. And it's the same thing, whether it's the military, whether it's the business workforce, whether it's the police, this system doesn't care about you, doesn't give a damn about you. You're there to be used for the ends of the system. That's it. The goals of the system that you're in. Used up until the system says you're no good anymore, and then goodbye and in with the next because now they can continue with the goal of the system. And there are people who can not accept that. And there are people who know that this is true, but they still try to ignore it. And continuing on with the example of people will say, hey, I'm ready to point fingers and talk about other people. And I, I said last week, I gave the anecdote about my cousin who brought the parasites of the so-called parking authority into this neighborhood. I was talking about divide and conquer last week. You know, people who see themselves as us versus them. I'm a member of this group and, and they're not a member of this group, so they're not part of us. They're not with us. Like police mentality. You know, it's us versus them. I have to look out for my fellow officers. Military mentality. You know, we're in this just to protect us. Yeah, but simultaneous to that, you're just being used by your owners. You have owners, period. Owners. Owners. See, I can't understand how people can accept that they're owned. Oh, yeah, I'm an owner. I just, I, I, I'm owned. I have an owner. I just do what my owners tell me. Whatever comes down, whatever orders come down, that's what I do. I don't think about it. I just do. I, I can't comprehend how anybody could look themselves in the mirror, sleep at night, or even think they're a man or a woman. Because you're a robot is what you are if you're in that kind of consciousness. You're not a man or a woman. You're not a human being. You're, you're, you're a sub-human, because what it means to be human is to be able to think critically and to be able to form your own opinions on things and to be able to think for oneself. That's what being human is. That's the essence of being human. You, you, once you've given that power away, you've given essentially your life force away. And that's why the so-called New World Order, the regime of the dark occult, the, 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 the new world that is coming into view through the dark sorcerers of this world, the mind manipulators, whatever you want to call them, it really doesn't matter, by people who do think and who have gotten other people not to think. That's all it really comes down to. 
And, you know, people want to argue and debate over how smart these people are. And I'm here to tell you they're the most intelligent people in the world. I may not, I don't have to like their agenda, but I know how smart they are. I'm not, I'm not asking you to accept that either. I'm telling you I know how smart these people are. From firsthand experience, I know how smart they are. Because they never stop reading, my friends. Never stop. You want to talk about well-read. You've heard the adage, leaders are readers. And it's true. People who lead other people, they're able to do that because of their wide array, an eclectic array of knowledge that they possess. And this knowledge has been held generationally in their families for thousands of years in some cases. Again, it's based in ancient knowledge. It's based in the knowledge of the mystery traditions, which we'll get into more as weeks go on and we get further into the occult. But uh, where I was going was, let's bring it right home. People who can't accept that they're a part of something or that that may not be what it appears to be. People who just accept that they are supposed to go to work, make a living, raise a family, pay their bills, you know, go on vacation every once in a while, and that's their life. They just accept that, but they can't really bring themselves to accept that this is a farcical way of life, that this is just a smokescreen for control to get you to just go along to get along so that people who really want to control things can do that in the shadows while you just had your head down working to stay alive, never looking at any bigger issues. When I tried to explain this concept to my own mother years ago, she would strike out in rage about it because the idea that she was fooled on this is too much to bear. It's too much to comprehend. And the whole idea of, well, what can you do about it once you know? Well, the answer is a lot. How much impact that will have all depends on how many people are doing that. And I, for one, am going to do it whether no one else is doing it. Because once again, I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again many times, I'm not talking about anything that I talk about in the interests of humanity. And I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but that's the case. If you think I'm going to get emotionally invested for the people of this planet, you're crazier than anybody I've ever met or known. I do this only in the interests of the truth. That's it. Nothing else. 
I do not serve the people of this world. I serve the truth herself and no one else. So the whole idea that you have to care, but not too much, is, I think, wise advice. Because once you get emotionally tangled up in the people of this world expecting them to change, good luck with that. I'm not holding out any hope for that. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's possible only if will is exercised. It's not going to happen by a miracle. Don't expect the Savior to come and rescue us from what we've done to ourselves. It's not going to happen, folks. Get over it. We'll talk about religion in coming weeks. It's all made up. It's all, that's all generated by the occultists who are running the show, folks. And there's people who will refuse to accept that as well. well and fine, don't. You want to believe in nonsense that was made up by occultists to control you? Go right ahead. I, for one, am out of that level of control. I'll tell you about the deep esoteric mystery beneath all of the lies, superstitions, and astrotheology, and all the cover, the exoteric cover stories that they'll veil over top of a true inner mystery that's about the self and one's own consciousness. I'll tell you all about that. We could talk about that all day. Because they'll keep throwing more and more and more on top of it, anything to get you to, to get you not to see what's really underneath it. You know, anything to get you to look in the other direction from within. That's all this is about. That's all religion is about. That's all politics is about. All just to get you not to uh, not to point the finger inward, but to keep pointing it outward. Not to be your own savior, but to expect to be saved and rescued externally. Well, good luck with that. But to get back on track, we're talking about how people can't accept that they may be part of an institution that is ultimately doing harm. Like the military, like the police, like the education system. This is largely the right-brained imbalanced component within in, in the individual because someone can have both these forms of imbalance and often does. One will be more dominant or severe than another, but the right brain imbalance plays out like this. It's the one that can't get the person to look objectively at what is really happening. Well, I can't accept that Obama is in the totally on the side of and working as a lapdog for these big financial corporations that are essentially causing our economic crisis and trying to put people into further slavery, which is debt. They're one and the same. Because, oh, he seems like such a wonderful guy. He's got a family, kids, etc. He's well-spoken, well-dressed. 
looks like a good guy, you know? You want to believe he's on your side. This is all right-brained emotional thinking. Right-brained emotional thinking. You know, then a a so-called conservative Republican will come up and he'll say he's on your side and the person will, you know, from the other end of the political spectrum will react with that same emotional thinking. Not the logic of seeing the system as it is, the reason, I should say true reason, being able to see the world as it really is, that's all the emotional reactive side of the mind. And that's all generated by right-brained imbalance. Emotional thinking. The same force that can't get somebody to accept that they were played. That they just were fooled entirely. You know, that their life was a joke that was played on them. And when I attempted to talk with some family members about these dynamics, that's the kind of rage you get back. They'll respond with rage from that emotional reactive side of the mind. Police, they'll respond the same way when you try to explain to some of them that they're fooled, that they have owners, that their owners mock and ridicule them at every opportunity. I mean, it's really tragically sad, as a matter of fact. It really isn't funny. Their owners think that it's funny. It's hysterical to them. But it's quite sad when you really understand how much the occult is interpenetrated into the military and the police. As a matter of fact, um, that will be my topic at the Free Your Mind conference. I will be discussing occult symbolism in police and military uniforms and regalia. It should be an interesting presentation. I'll, I'll go in-depth on this. It'll incorporate a lot of things. And the goal will be, at least in my presentation at that event, to try to get people to understand, to try to get people in these institutions to understand part of the language that is being wielded upon them because there's a secret language that is essentially being spoken to them at all times everywhere they go at all times and places this symbology surrounds them and it works upon the subconscious mind but many of them are too much in a state of brain imbalance to understand how this works or to be able to interpret symbolism at all. You have to have a balanced brain in order to perceive a higher level of communication that is nonverbal, that is based in form, color, frequency, 
vibration. And this is a, a vibratory language that is essentially working upon their subconscious mind. And sadly, they're illiterate to the language which mocks them at all turns. You know, and just to take a little divergence here, I mean, it's related with education in the sense that there are people out there who I think want to consider themselves educators or re-educators or people who are trying to uh, return things to a, a constitutional standing, so they say. But I'll put out a call right here on the show tonight. I've sought to work with military and police to help get them out of these modalities of consciousness in any groups that are attempting to show people the truth about what is really taking place within these institutions. And I've put out this call, and I've asked people in groups like Oath Keepers or Police and Military Against the New World Order if I could work with them to help show some of the things that they would not really be trained to see unless they were studied occultists. And there is no response from that community at all. None. And they think they're at a level of knowledge where they're going to make a dent or an impact in what's going on. And I have news for them. You're not really doing much of anything. Okay? And I know that'll be wildly unpopular. And guess what? I don't care because I'm not in this for a popularity contest, folks. I've already told you that. If you want to hear popular stuff, go turn on the television or something. Don't listen to my show. I'm here to speak the truth of what's taking place. And I think a lot of these groups are not re not really interested in reversing the dynamic. They're interested in staying in their little box that they've set up. And how I got into this is talking about institutionalized structures that people cannot accept are fundamentally flawed, fundamentally set up because of people's irresponsibility and doing something that is fundamentally immoral. Any way you look at it, even if it's supposed to be doing its intended function, it's immoral from the get-go. But you got people that can't accept that. And one of the reasons they can't accept that is because of the brain imbalance that they're in as a result of the worldwide indoctrination system. They're under mind control. And that'll be real unpopular. Because lots of groups want to work with, you know, former police officers and former military and former sheriffs, sheriffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who, want, who think that they're going to work within these institutions and change something. Well, you don't understand how it works. It's a little boy's perspective on reality. And the way I describe it is you want, you want to know what you essentially are when you take on that position. You're a brick in the wall. You think you're going to knock the wall down 
by being a brick in it. You're already in place. You're set in place. You're cemented in. You ain't going nowhere. You're not making any dents. You're not wielding a wrecking ball. You're not even wielding a little chisel. You're doing nothing. And this isn't infighting either. I'm attempting to enlighten people as to how indoctrination systems work. How hierarchically based systems work. How compartmentalized structures work. How they work on the consciousness. How they work on the mind. I made a little graphic of the seal of the mystery traditions. People may recognize it on the back of the $1 bill. The all-seeing eye and pyramid. Anu Coeptis Novus Ordo Seclorum. He favors our project, the New World Order. And I put a little, I, I, I highlight one of the bricks darker than the others in that pyramid. And then I put a little cartoon speech bubble next to it saying, Hey, I'm Mr. Block, and I'm going to change this structure from the inside. Just you watch. Well, good luck with that. Very proud of you. Enjoy. Let me know how that goes. Get as offended as you like, folks. Anybody stuck in an institutionalized mentality doesn't understand they're not helping things. We talked briefly about this last week. Dark masons build that wall. They build walls. That's what they build with. They build with bricks. Heavy material that weighs people down, that doesn't enlighten them. True light occultists build with light. They try to remove walls between people. Realize we're all in this together. We're all one. So if the light, that all-seeing eye, doesn't have blocks in front of it, or essentially if there are no blocks between us on the earth and the light, we'll be enlightened. But the more blocks we erect, which are institutionalized, compartmentalized, hierarchical structures, good luck with being enlightened. There's no such thing as an enlightened soldier. There's no such thing as an enlightened cop. There's no such thing as an enlightened controller, folks. Does not exist. That's an oxymoron. Okay, they're two incompatible things. When you become enlightened, you don't have any desire to control anybody because you're not in fear. No matter what anybody can do. That's what enlightenment is. Stop accepting this nonsense, crap, new age version of enlightenment that is some kind of total perfection. There's no such thing as total perfection in the physical realm. It doesn't exist. And you can't be a controller and be enlightened simultaneously. It doesn't work that way. So, again, 
folks, please get it all, as offended as you, you want to be. But sooner or later, you'll have to understand that and learn it and learn it well. These states of brain imbalance brought on by indoctrination are calculated. They're calculated to be that way. Because think tanks have essentially built the modern, quote, educational system as we know it today. These are calculated efforts Take a look at the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. Read some books by John Coleman. Tavistock Institute, Committee of 300, etc. Great author. Understand what outcome-based education is, which is basically taking the emphasis off of actual learning of material and toward an outcome, a scenario, a way of being that you want the student to be in the world. Essentially, conformity. Someone is saying, what do we want, what set of standards do we want this child to conform to? And we're going to gear all of our propaganda, otherwise known as the curriculum, around these standards based on what we want to pump out, the outcome we want for their mind. And that's all they'll get to know because we, as the controllers of this institution, set those standards, i.e. the curriculum. And anything we don't want them knowing, any behaviors we won't, don't want them displaying, will not be part of the curriculum for our outcome. This is the Hegelian dialectic all over again. Problem, reaction, solution. Or essentially, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. We know where we're going all along. But we can't just take people from one point to the other. We have to gradually take them there. And when we finally get them there, they'll be graduated. Small steps, incremental. This is how the educational system works. It works in grades. Graduated indoctrination. Another great source to check out there's a great video. I'll, maybe I'll post this on the podcast page when I put the podcast up, probably tomorrow. The video on Google Video or YouTube called Who Controls Our Children? I recommend everyone check this one out. It's about the outcome-based educational system. The woman's name is Peg Luksik, L-U-K-S-I-K. Peg Luxick, who controls our children? I have a description here. It's the description for this video on outcome-based educational models is 
While parents, schools, provinces, and states across North America bicker about the democratic process of running public schools, forces are manipulating education from behind the scenes. Major international players are reshaping public education to suit their own self-serving agendas without regard for the wants of parents and the welfare of their children. This video lecture documents how today's educational system dumbs down kids deliberately, making zombie-like people who don't ask any questions but just follow orders. Another great video to check out on the deliberate dumbing down through the educational system, this Nazi and Soviet-based educational model called outcome-based education is Charlotte Iserby. Charlotte Iserby, I-S-E-R-B-Y-T. She served as a senior policy advisor in the Office of Educational Research and Improvement in the U.S. Department of Education during the first Reagan administration, where she blew the whistle on a major technology initiative which would control the curriculum in America's classrooms. And I believe this is referring to Global 2000, if I'm not mistaken. But she essentially talks about the deliberate dumbing down of the children of this nation through the educational system. She's got a website called DeliberateDumbingDown.com. Deliberate Dumbing Down. And I think that's the best way to put it. It isn't, indoctr it isn't education, it's indoctrination. It's deliberate dumbing down. It is getting people to accept a set of beliefs or opinions without critical thinking. So I want to read something. Before I get into uh, this next... Uh, excerpt that I'd like to read on the educational model that we have. Let me once again give the call-in numbers. To call into this show, if you want to discuss the indoctrination system here in North America, to call in, call 724-444-7000. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. The call-in ID number for what on earth is happening is 83515. Once again, the call ID number, 83515. So we're a little past the top of the second hour. And I'd like to read something called the Nazi Model for Outcome-Based Education. History key, this is by uh, a gentleman by the name of Barrett Kajos. History keeps repeating itself, but few heed its warnings. If our leaders did, they would know that today's massive attempt to transform our culture by nationalizing education will be, bring repression, not freedom. They would see that the manipulative strategies of master learning will create human puppets, not independent thinker, thinkers. Another name for outcome-based education, essentially. 
in spite of the information explosion, America hasn't heard the message. Perhaps our leading change agents don't know what their deceptive strategies and dumbed-down curricula will do to our children. And this is true. Many teachers are not aware of this and cannot bring themselves to accept it because of their own level of ego. They can't admit to themselves the, the whole educational paradigm that we have is degraded is not based upon, is not helping people to truly learn. It's not based upon true education. It's based upon indoctrination. But people are wrapped up in their own ego and don't want to admit to themselves that they may be involved in something that is causing more harm than it is good. The same with police, the same with military, the same with doctors. Doctors are some of the most ego-driven people. They can't admit that some of their practices are harming people. They don't want to talk about food because they're on the gravy train of prescription medication and surgery. And it's all it ultimately comes down to, isn't it, folks? Let's be realistic. Let's be honest with each other. It all comes down to the almighty dollar, the paycheck that they're receiving for their bucket of beans. As long as I get my bucket of beans, doesn't make a difference if what I'm doing is ultimately immoral. And I know I get harsh on people. But hey, again, I bring it right home, right home to my own family. I'm not talking about other people in, in no ways that I wouldn't talk about members of my own family who are just as ignorant. And again, that isn't really saying something truly mean about someone. You know, saying someone is ignorant means that they're deliberately turning their back on truth. I'm not saying they're dumb people. There are some people who are truly nescient. And I've really never come across or thought about any of this information because they've just lived the life of a child and they're nescient. I'm talking about people who have kind of thought about this or been exposed to it and still go on with it. They're ignorant, ignoring. Big difference between ignorance and nescience. So continuing with this Nazi model for outcome-based education, in spite of the information explosion, America hasn't heard the message. Perhaps our change agents don't know that their deceptive strategies and dumbed-down curricula will do to our children. Maybe they haven't noticed the similarities between their educational strategies and former Nazi tactics for molding young minds and teaching group conformity. Perhaps today's psychological manipulations are simply a modern expression of human wisdom without biblical guidelines. However, it seems clear that U.S. and Nazi change agents, teachers, quote-unquote, share one tragic trait, the dearth of the kind of honesty and integrity that one once made America safe for children. That propaganda and indoctrination were two of the cornerstones of Nazi education. Is no secret. Hitler's goal was National Socialism, a fascist state that would subdue the world. Learning his lessons, 
from Soviet revolutionaries. He knew that only cloaked promises and misleading visions would win the support of the unsuspecting masses and build a compliant army of young radicals. That America's education and political, uh, educational and political leaders would stoop to the same low standards has remained hidden from the general public that their aim is global socialism with cradle-to-grave surveillance is angrily denied by the trained and trusted guardians of our children's minds. If the sleeping public doesn't wake up and resist soon, it will surely be too late to stop the rising tide of deception that threatens to engulf our children. If so, God's people will once again have demonstrated the blinding consequences of spurning truth and loving lies. So the source of the following quotes is, is the 1983 book, Nazism, A History in Documents and Eyewitness Accounts, 1919-1945, edited by J. Noakes and G. Pridham in cooperation with the Department of History and Archaeology at the University of Exeter. It represents years of research into the primary documents of the Nazi era. Many of its following quotes have been shortened in order to include as many illustrations as possible within the given space. The page numbers are given at the end of each quote. Since this comparison was written to accompany my book, Brave New Schools, I have not included definitions and explanations of the new American international educational system. All terms and buzzwords are explained in, in this guy's book, Brave New Schools. So here's the point of outcome-based education right here. This is the goals of what outcome-based education is doing to our youth. One, transformation of the world by changing the children. Transform the world by changing the youth. Children must be changed first. The Nazi leadership appreciated the difficulty of indoctrinating the older generation. So there was difficulty in indoctrinating people that had already learned one way of being or doing things. So the Nazi leadership appreciated this difficulty. They were all the more determined to mold the new generation along Nazi lines. As the leader of the Nazi Teachers League, Hans Shem put it, those who have the youth on their side control the future. Create a world-class citizen. Create a new type of student. So that was number one. They knew that to really own the future, to be able to control the future generation, you had to get to the children, and that makes perfect sense. Where do you get to them? In the classroom. Number two, teach politically correct beliefs and values. Political correctness. You don't speak out against the established system. Everything has to be sanitized for political correctness. Condition students for the new social and economic order. German youth must no longer, this is a quote, quote, German youth must no longer be confronted with the choice of whether it wishes to grow up in the spirit of materialism or idealism, of racism or internationalism, of religious or godlessness. But it must be consciously shaped according to the principles which are recognized as correct according to the principles of the ideology of national socialism. 
doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what's moral. It doesn't matter what's scientifically true. Anything. Only that which we say is morally correct. According to our ideology of socialism. Of Nazism. Continuing. Censorship of contrary models. So anything that is contrary to this outcome-based system, we will censor that. This teaching is aimed to encourage a consciousness of being German in the selection of teaching materials they should eschew those works which which, quote, they should eschew those works which contradict German feelings or paralyze energies necessary for self-assertion. And only those modern works would be selected which, quote, have an affinity with the spirit of the new Germany. So that was the second Nazi outcome-based model. Teach politically correct beliefs and values. Eschew any values that contradict the German or Nazi, I should say, the, the Nazi spirit, the affinity of spirit with the Nazi German model. Point number three, established an outcome-based education system. Restructure the schools and nationalize tests and standards. Does that sound familiar? Quote, the regime endeavored to assert its control over the education system through reorganization and centralization centralization of who controls the decision-making about the curriculum. This is what outcome-based education is. Effective, feeling-centered, very important, feeling-centered, attitudinal, but not cognitive learning earns the graduation certificate. Feeling-centered not cognitive learning earns the graduation certificate. Quote, many pupils believe they can simply drift through for eight years and secure their school leaving certificate and secure their school leaving certificate even with minimal intellectual performance. Those pupils who are in positions of leadership often display unmannerly behavior and laziness at school. In general, it must be said that School discipline has declined to an alarming extent. The new movement offered prospects of future employment at a time of massive graduation, graduate unemployment. So this outcome-based model is getting them prepared to take a position in the new workforce. And since it is completely politically correct, it is teaching them never to question the status quo, the established political order. Point number four, implement mastery learning. Condition students to become social servants, not individuals. But tell the public the opposite. Quote, the principal task of the school is the education of youth in the service of the state in the national socialist spirit. This, is ma- this made clear the Nazis' determination to shift the focus of education away from the needs of the individual and the development of his potential as a human being to the requirements of the community 
of nation and state of which the individual was a member and to which he must subordinate himself. This is exactly, exactly the model for education that exists in the United States at this time. Exactly the same as in 1930s Germany. Set effective but not cognitive goals, meaning outcomes. The more enthusiastic they get, the easier the exams and the sooner they will get a position. I'm reading a quote here. The new generation has never had much use for education and reading. Now nothing is demanded of them. On the contrary, knowledge is publicly condemned. This is straight from the Nazis' mouth in their education system. And it's similar in the modern United States. How many of our youth think that knowledge is something to aspire to? It's a popular culture, practically, that to, to, to read a lot is, is not even cool, is uncool. You know, the whole nerd thing. Oh, if you, you read too much and you're, you're into, into really, truly learning, you're a nerd, quote-unquote. Forget facts. Teach right attitudes or character through feel-good experiences. An important aspect of Nazi education was the cult of experience as being more crucial to the, the development of the individual than the academic process of learning with its stress on knowledge. Unlike knowledge, which involves the intellect, experience involved feeling, which alone provide, provided access to the deep truths of Nazism, which were essentially based on ideological unity. Such an experience was regarded as essential to character building. Quote-unquote truths. Anything but, folks. So th th this is continuing this quote from a high-level Nazi in the ed educational system. Reject old authority figures through critical thinking and values clarification. It appealed, quote, it appealed to the desire of youth to be independent of the adult world and, ex and exploited the conflict of generations. So this is the divide and conquer strategy. Drive a wedge between children and their parents, between the young and the old generations. Teach the new youth. Your parents don't understand. They're just, they're, they're just set in their ways. You know, they're not ready to move into the new world like you are. The divide and conquer technique, right there, in, in Nazi documents, The typical tendency for young people to challenge authority figures, whether parents or teachers. So they're playing on this spirit of rebellion. They're using it against the, the youth, shaping their minds, turning them against their parents, while thinking, getting them to think that they're actually rebelling. But they're rebelling against their parents' set of values, not against the state. 
Continuing, confuse students' values through shocking stimuli and values clarification exercises, particular, quote, particularly teachers in secondary schools were alienated by the crudity of this indoctrination, and they use the very word right there in their documents, indoctrination. That was point number four. Point number five, infuse new values through real-life learning. Create new beliefs and values through multicultural and global education. New courses were introduced in fields such as racial studies, eugenics, and defense studies, and there was a new emphasis on prehistory. Law and political science courses were adapted to fit in with changes introduced by the regime. Infuse new values through real-life learning. That was point number five. Condition students into compliance is part of this point. Quote, it was preferred that people should not have a will of their own and should totally subordinate themselves. Amazing. Spelled right out in a director of Nazi education's documents. It is preferred that people should not have a will of their own and should totally subordinate themselves. How many of our youth seem to have a will of their own and think truly critically anymore? They spit back what they're told to spit back on the tests and think that that's learning and that they know something. And I'll tell you what, some of the people that uh, you know go through this entire ed- graduated indoctrination system and get a degree and even a master's degree are some of the most egocentric uninformed people that you'll ever meet that think they know something. They actually think that they're well-informed people because they have a piece of paper that tells them that they spit the right answers back onto tests. Point number six Require community service, which is pretty self-explanatory. Service learning. Mandatory service. Service in the Hitler Youth. Quote, is honorary service to the German people. All young people are obliged from the age of 10 to their 19th birthday to serve in the Hitler Youth. leader worship, character education, and cooperative learning. We cannot, quote, we cannot fight our way out of this deep crisis through intellectualism. The school for character, which is a practical test of true comradeship in work and living, is irreplaceable. The true great practical school is in the labor camp, for here instruction and words cease and action begins. This resonate with some of the things Obama has put forward wanting to do? Forced service? Revise history is the next point. Quote, in addition to 
new content in addition to controlling and indoctrinating the teaching profession, reorganizing the educational system, and establishing new elite schools. The regime sought to influence youth through the content of what was taught in the schools. Relevance and his historical revision. The course of history must not appear to our young as a chronicle which strings events together indiscriminately, but as in a play, only the important events, those which have a major impact on life, should be portrayed. And who writes the history books in the modern indoctrination system? Well, I'll give you a hint. It's some of the same people that control the international banking system, the cartel of international banks. They're some of the big, biggest publishing houses, own some of the biggest publishing houses in the world. And they're the ones who are writing the textbooks that indoctrinate our children and give them their version, their revisionist version of world history. Retrain the teachers. Create the new German educator in the spirit of national socialism. It is being carried out with the same methods which with, with which the movement has conquered the whole nation. Indoctrination and propaganda. Right in their own documents. Out in the open. In, in the open. Telling people openly. And this is exactly what's going on here in the United States, folks. Exactly. I mean, just I'll read that once again. Retraining the teachers to create the new German educator in the spirit of national socialism. This is being carried out with the same methods with which the movement has conquered the whole nation, indoctrination and propaganda. Could, could it be any more spelled out? I mean, right there. The very words of Nazi educators. next point, silence the opposition. Block the negative influence of parents and traditional culture. These boys join our organization at the age of 10. Four years later, they move from young Volk to Hitler Youth, and there we keep them for another four years. And then we are even less prepared to give them back into the hands of those who create our class and status barriers. Punish parents who protect their children from state indoctrination. Does this sound familiar? A legal guardian will be liable for fine up to 150 Reichsmarks or to imprisonment if he deliberately contravenes the stipulation of this decree, registration for the Hitler Youth. Private schools and denominational schools gradually succumb to various pressures, the loss of government subsidies or tax concessions. Exactly the same as happened here over the last 50 years. Because World War II never ended, it came right over here to the United States and went underground, folks. Look up Project Paperclip. Read about the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. Read about the Soviet and... Soviet-inspired and, in full practice, Nazi-based outcome education system. Truly amazing to hear it that bluntly and openly, right from the horse's mouth. 
Well, I'm also thinking about reading another document that was a speech that some people may have seen. This is floating around the Internet. Um, it was a valedictorian speech by a young lady named Erica Goldson. Uh, she gave this during her graduation ceremony. She was the valedictorian at uh, Coxsackie Athens High School. And she gave a, a valedictorian speech there on June 25th of this year called Here I Stand. And I'm going to get into a little bit of that because it was kind of refreshing to hear a young student who graduated at the top of her class talk about what kind of an educational system model we truly have in the United States and speak with such openness and clarity about it at such a young age. So this is a person who was not fooled and kind of woke up. I guess she had an awakening experience during her years at this school. So I'll get into that in a couple of moments, but I see right now we have a caller who looks like has been holding on the line. Sorry I made you hold so long. Let's uh, hear what you have to say. Caller from Southwest Ohio, you are on. What on earth is happening? No trouble whatsoever. Hello, Mark Passio from the shadows out of the darkness in Cincinnati, Ohio. This is Bob, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. the Serene Being. How are you? I'm great. You are on fire tonight. Laying out all of my pleasure, laying out all of National Socialism's tenets and how they mirror the United States of America in 2010. It's shameful, isn't it, Mark? How eerily uh, similar our life is uh, in in American fascism compared to Nazi Germany. It's it's truly amazing if it weren't so disturbing. It, it's absolutely mind-numbing. Uh, it, it, there's a, I'm sure you're familiar with the psychological term when one is overwhelmed by the myriad of things that just, it's too much to comprehend at once. If we could take sure. one, one of these things piecemeal, but, but what is that term when everything just overwhelms the person? Um, it, it's, it's overload, really. That's what it is. I mean, right. it is, uh, it, it's, it's a shock to the system to realize that, one, this is going on at all, and two, that many of us have been complicit in it. You know, not only going through this system, it's truly amazing when someone comes out of the controls that are imposed by this system. But what is more disturbing, I think, is for people to really sit back and comprehend that this is what the school system is in this country and that they may be a part of it unwittingly. We need to get our teachers to start thinking critically. They're indoctrinated themselves from their uh, educational upbringing. We need to get them to take a second critical look at the educational model that's at work in this country. I agree. Uh, my wife uh, is one of the volunteers at the uh, local public school, and uh, and the teachers uh, are required, of course, to follow through with uh, George Bush Jr.'s Every Child Left Behind policy, which right. gives these teachers no time to focus on any 
sort of teaching whatsoever. It's pure dog and pony show. Let's get the kitties to jump through these hoops. If we don't get the kids to jump through these hoops to regurgitate the pablum that we're pushing as education onto the paper and the papers are, aren't graded correctly, then we won't get our state funding to continue this madness of operation that we're doing. Amazing. And that's how they keep these people on the hook, right on the, on the fishing line by dangling out that carrot before them and saying you won't get your funding, and that's how they keep them going along to get along. It, it all comes back to the funding. Follow the money. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that phrase, Mark. Yeah, and this isn't just at a large uh, organizational level. This comes down to the level of simply the teacher doing this for a paycheck because that's what they do for a living. Just like the cop doing this, this is just my job. It isn't just a job. This, this idea that I'm just doing something because it's a job has to be rejected. People have to look at what they're doing and say, is the, the major question to, to ask is not, will I be able to make a living by doing this? That, that's the wrong question to ask oneself. The major question to ask is, am I truly doing something that is right and that is not causing harm? Those are the questions that have to be asked in one's own mind when one is doing anything, any action, any job for that matter. And sadly, so few people ask these questions because all they determine what they will do for a living is based upon how much money it can make them and will it provide any kind of a secure income for them and their family. And that's not good enough. It's not good enough. And I know that's, some, oh, that's something easy to say when you have a family to support. Yeah, it is. No one ever said doing the right thing would be easy. You've got to recognize it, and then you have to use will to live in harmony with the truth. The truth isn't always comfortable, but getting in touch with it will set you free if your ego isn't big enough to get involved and say, well, I'm just going to do this because... That's how I make money. That's my skill set. This is all I can do. Or it's just, this is just the way it is, and that's my job, and I don't question anything. Those attitudes and values are not good enough, and they don't cut it. Just saying I was following orders didn't cut it in the Nuremberg trials, and it shouldn't cut it even in something like this, it, about being a teacher, a quote-unquote teacher. People are saying, I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm just you know, following the education, uh, the uh, um, uh, curriculum that's been outlined for our students by people higher up in, in the uh, educational system, and that's not good enough. It's not good enough. And I know they face reprisals and consequences when they don't teach it, but I think we have to find some kind of creative ways around those limitations and restrictions. And one of the best ways I've still said is homeschool your children. Don't even put them in these, these gulags for children, which is essentially what they are. They, we need to educate our children based on our moral values hey we can only do that if we have them though that's that's the the catch-22 morally educate yourself and then morally educate your children and school them at home i i wish i i wish i had more courage mark to uh to to break free i i uh, work in a profession that uh uh, you know, hasn't got the best rap lately. Uh, and once again, I am one of those classic people you're talking about, the bill payer. I, I, this is what I know how to do. Uh, I'm trying to wake up consciously to what, what's going on and, uh, and trying to move forward. I did score one victory, though, 
um, uh, we recently had a baby, uh, my wife and I, and uh, what happened at the hospital, I fought these vampires tooth and nail to not stick needles in this baby. And you would not believe the resistance, or you would probably believe the resistance I came up against. Uh, wow. it, was, it was unbelievable. But in the end, I walked off that ward, and that baby had no, uh, no mercury, no thermarosol, no, no poison whatsoever in its system, and that was a victory for all of us. Well, Bob, congratulations, number one, on, on uh, uh, a boy? Uh, it was a girl, a little girl. A girl. Congratulations. And uh, I, I think that's a great story, and that took a lot of courage to do that because I, I could imagine how resistant they were to that and how determined they were to uh, stick the child with, uh, with those poisons. It, it was overwhelming. And, and if anybody doubts that, that we are on track with uh, Nazi Germany as our model, I'd like to point out, if I may, Mark, uh, that the term uh, Hitler was fond of using uh, when he spoke of his dear Austrian homeland. Or, or, or he called it his Heimat, Meine Heimat, which, ter- relate, which, which translates to the word homeland. We have no English equivalent for the word Heimat, but all of a sudden in national regalia we have our new Department of Internal Security, I mean homeland security, and it's right. shameful, Mark. Yep, yep. Right out of their right out of their playbook. It's oh. almost word for word. Oh, it's exactly. It is word for word. Heimat, homeland, and also, uh, frighteningly enough, uh, in 1947, uh, we set up uh, our our national uh, agencies uh, of um, of security. But the German term in their country was called Reichssicherheitshauptamt, which translates exactly verbatim to National Security Agency, and wow. that is frightening unto itself. And, of course, as you know, founding in '47 was at the same time that we started bringing all these Nazis over here through the OSS right. and the That's CIA, right. employing the, the most heinous SS war criminals to create what is now the CIA, the Bush family, completely sure. steeped financially and uh, uh, socially with these Nazis. But... Um, but but I won't I won't belabor it too long, Mark. But I I've got a couple of questions if I may ask. Sure, absolutely. I've been I know Mark that that you uh, yourself are, are steeped in a cult uh, the cult uh, for in your former world in your former life. I I know that you've moved on that you were once a follower of the left hand path. Um, uh, to 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 comment and then I've got a question. Uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, was also a, a a person steeped in the occult, and he tried to convey uh, in his movies a lot of things uh, to, to the un, uneducated like myself out here, uh, it, it, particularly in his last film, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, Absolutely. Of which uh, you probably know uh, uh, he was murdered. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, he died mysteriously six right. days after it was in the can, just like Mozart uh, died six days after the magic flute hit the, uh, hit the stage because it revealed the esoteric realities of the mystery schools and its teachings. And he, yes. they were trying to relay this to the commoner uh, like, like me. And, but, but I would like to comment and then ask you a question. Um, sure. The, the, the ceremony in Eyes Wide Shut, the, the, the focal point of the movie is the ceremony at this yes. uh, aristocratic castle. And yes. uh, it's, it's uh, uh, conducted by a, a red-robed, clad 
uh, person uh, surrounded by black-robed, uh, which are soon to be uh, sex slaves, but at the beginning they're black-robed in a circle. Uh, there's dark, uh, satanic music in the background. But uh, I'd like to point out that the, one of the gold masks that leads the, the protagonist, Dr. Harford, which supposedly is a play on Harford, Harrison Ford, not, right. Hart, not Hartford, but Harford, uh, supposedly Harrison Ford, uh, accidentally walked in on one of these ceremonies, and they had to convert him very quickly. Um, but uh, but one of the gold masked people that led him back into the room for his, his inquisition, it, my God, I saw it as clear as a bell. The visage, when it turned to the side, it was the face of Bob Hope. The mask was the face of Bob Hope, which confirms what you were talking about, the, the book of, by Bryce Taylor, the, yes. the uh, sex slave. Thanks for uh, the memories. Amen, brother. Thanks for the memories uh, of which Bob Hope... Uh, working with others like Henry Kissinger and others uh, are in the sex slave trade, the presidential sex slave trade, which is the highest level uh, for these these poor sex. And I want to thank Neo personally for for speaking about what you spoke about. That was groundbreaking radio and history-making presentation. Thank you, Neo. I'm going to have Neo on in a couple more weeks, probably um, uh, the second week of September. And he's going to come on to talk about some of the methodologies which he has used and does use that are healing, uh, vibrational healing techniques to help people to recover that are under such types of mind control or have lived through these experiences, these horrid experiences in their lives. Some of the techniques that he personally used to get himself to the level of health that he is now at. Mentally Excellent. and spiritually and emotionally. It's, it's needed. And, and, and thank him personally. If he's not listening, please thank him for all of us out here. That We need to hear this more. Uh, it's as horrifying and shocking as it is. Uh, I even had to turn away for a while just to get my bearings. But, uh, but I came back to finish it up in a powerful presentation. But my question, Mark, uh, in the movie uh, Eyes Wide Shut, yes. from what I understand, one of the things that infuriated the Illuminati masters, infuriated them, was the presentation of the eight-pointed stars all over the, the, the movie. Eight-pointed stars. Now, I know Walmart has recently switched to a six-pointed star in their logo out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the five-pointed star, the Baphomet inside the, the pentagram or pentacle, what have you, uh, is, is old hat. That's old satanic symbol. But my question sure. is, what does that eight-pointed star mean? And, and how does it relate to sigils and working spells? Just like Target has recently switched to an arrow on all of their uh, marketing materials, logos, and printed uh, products. Uh, from what I understand, an arrow is a witch's spell being cast. What does that eight-pointed star uh, mean, Mark? And I'll take my uh, answer out the air. You are a sure. saint, Mark. No, you're not a saint, but I, I, how about this? I appreciate what you're doing, man. You're my brother. Keep up the, great, uh, the good work. Uh, great works for Masons. Good works are for good people. Thank you, Mark. You got it. Thank, Thank you, you, Bob. I appreciate it. Always great to hear from you. Well, In my studies of symbolism, what I have seen the eight-pointed star to represent is an astrological uh, interpretation of the great cross and the lesser cross combined. So this is the, the great cross basically gives us our position within our galaxy. It is comprised of the four fixed signs 
of the zodiac, which are Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, and Leo. Some people refer to these as the the, the lion, the man, the bull, and the ego, the uh, and and the eagle. The lion being Leo, the man being Aquarius, the water bringer, the bull, of course, Taurus, and the eagle is Scorpio. Uh, this is a reference to the constellation of Aquila in Scorpio. So this represents the four cardinal directions as related to the center of our galaxy. Scorpio points toward the center of our galaxy along with the adjacent constellation of Sagittarius. The center of our galaxy can be found right in between Scorpio and Sagittarius, between the scorpion stinger and the arrow of Sagittarius. So you go across and you, uh, from, from on the zodiac and you get to Taurus. Taurus is the constellation that points away from the center of our galaxy. And then you have the arm that creates the cross of Leo and Aquarius. So you have a fire sign, an air sign, a water sign, and an earth sign on that great cross of the fixed signs. Now, parallel to that cross, you have the cross that defines our solar system. So the great cross is known as the cross of St. Andrew. The cross of St. George is the cross of the solstices and the equinoxes. So these are the, this is the cross that separates the seasons. It defines the uh, winter and summer solstice and the spring and autumn equinoxes. So these two crosses together form an eight-pointed star, an eight-armed star. Now you'll see this depicted in different configurations. Sometimes it is um, two squares overlapping. Okay. Um, sometimes you'll see this depicted in an octagonal arrangement. Now the octagon is another symbol that goes hand in hand. You'll see this in movies a lot. Octagonal symbolism. This goes hand in hand with another symbolic occult concept known as the tesseract. A tesseract is a four-dimensional cube. It's called a hypercube. You won't see this in early initiatory occultism. You'll see this in higher levels of initiation, that people will be initiated toward the, to the symbolism of the tesseract or the hypercube. This is definitely, definitely dark occultism. The symbol of the hypercube is, I would, I would say, is occultism that relates to controlling the mind of someone else. So this is what would be referred to as clopotic occultism. This is the occultic principles which mind control is based upon. That's what this symbol ultimately represents. So I'll just give an example. One of the places you'll see the octagonal symbol, it's usually black. You'll usually see a black octagon in dark clopotic occultism. 
the octagon is a projection of the hypercube in two-dimensional space. So I know that's getting a little bit complicated, but if you look at a 4D representation, okay, like a three-dimensional extrusion, you're essentially to create a line, you're extruding a point. To create a plane, you're extruding a line. To create a cube, you're extruding a plane. To create a hypercube, you're extruding a cube if you can follow that geometrically in that progression that I just laid out. Well, an extruded cube is called a hypercube or a tesseract. When you look at this extrusion from a certain perspective and you map that onto a two-dimensional plane, you have an octagon. This is why the octagon is a representation of a hypercube. It's a projection of the hypercube. A shadow, if you will. Okay, like a shadow of a three-dimensional object on a wall in two dimensions. So the shadow is what dark occultists work with. They work with projections. They work with the subconscious. They work with the thing that is thrown off of the conscious mind or the conscious aspect of the being. And that's how they can create puppets, essentially, or what they call golems, the golem, the creature that is shaped by the magician. Again, this is clopotic magic, Q-L-I-P-P-O-T-H, clopotic, clopotic, it's dark, um, mind control based influential in the sense that you're trying to influence someone to do your own will, lowercase w will, not the higher will, okay? So to create your zombies, which is essentially what we're talking about with the educational system. But just as an example, where do we most see the octagon most frequently? Not even in occult movies, uh, in, in movies that have occultic uh, symbolism in it, we see it on every street corner. It's right there on every single street corner as a stop sign. Stop sign is octagonal. In the in the the color red, which is the 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 symbol of the lowest or base form of consciousness of the base chakra, or on the tree of life, the spinal cord tree called the sephirotic tree. It's called Malkut. So we'll get into some of this stuff when we start talking about Kabbalah, when we start talking about Freemasonry, when we start talking about Rosicrucianism, etc. I'll go in depth in all of this stuff. To answer the question, that's essentially my interpretation from what I have learned in my studies of the eight-pointed star and its associated octagonal uh, projection, which is a projection of the hypercube, the tesseract. But secondarily, one of the places we see this the most, and it's kind of uh, <clears throat> synchronistic that you would bring up uh, the eightfold shape, because uh, I mentioned what I'll be talking about at the conference uh, next year, uh, police and military symbolism, and the octagon will feature uh, prominently in that presentation, particularly uh, the hypercube. I'll, I will I will break it down and discuss what this represents and how uh, it is you are initiated to uh, some of this symbolism if you go far enough in 
in the occult. But this works upon the subconscious. Just seeing this shape, one understands what it is used for. One understands what it represents. And dark occultists see the band of zodiacal stars as like a prison. They see the world of matter as a prison for the soul, uh, not the soul evolving and having an experience within this body that we call matter, the material world. Um, therefore, they look at that which is contained within the hypercube as the material of the prison. And they use the octagonal shape to represent prison-bound consciousness, mind-controlled consciousness. Whenever you see the octagon used in the context of dark occultism, you can guarantee, and again, this is according to what I have learned about it. There may be other interpretations of this, but according to what I have learned about it, this represents control, essentially mind control. The symbol for mind control is the octagon, the and again, you tack on the corners to the octagon, you get the eight-pointed star. So it is a variant. Just like you tack on the corners to the pentagon, you get a pentagram. Since this octagonal prison, this box within a box, okay, because a hypercube can also be described as a cube inside of another cube. Okay, you're extruding a cube into all of the other faces, into all of its faces. You're extruding all of the cube's faces. So you get a box within a box, a cube within a cube, a hypercube. One of the places we see this used symbolically most frequently is right upon the head of police. Upon the head of police, right on top of the crown chakra, they place an eight-pointed hat. An eight-pointed hat right on top of the crown chakra, an octagonal black hat. The octagon represents the hypercube, which represents mind control. This is placed directly upon the top of the head as a hat that is black. And you think that's accidental? Okay. They're essentially telling police out in the open, we own you. You're totally under our mind control. You don't have any idea what our symbolism means. You think a cop has studied or learned any of that that I just explained to you? why the occultists would use that symbol, what they, the dark occultists think that it means, whether it truly, truly means that or not, that's their interpretation of it. They're using it in that context to control the mind and to get people to continue to do things under their direction. It's a mockery. It's a, it's a big laughing stock, belly laugh game that they're playing on people and they're getting a roaring kick out of it that the people under their control don't even understand it. It's a joke to them. It's a big joke to them. Well, we're almost out of time. 
I got a – all right, here we go. Caller from New York, you're on What on Earth is Happening. you got 30 seconds. You wrap up the show. Hi, Mark. I want to thank you for a great show. Uh, I just want to say uh, if you want to know more about what you were talking about, also to learn uh, see Nassim uh, Harsan. Uh, I can't pronounce the name right. Nassim yes, Haramain, uh, yes. He does a, a great job on the sacred geometry. Uh, I just wanted to uh, say what you quoted on last show was uh, the only difference between any of us is our level of consciousness. I want to say, end it with that because uh, learning the, the true value and you know practice behind that is really getting over the differences of uh, or the supposed differences of all of us on this planet. I couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I thank you so much for the call. I think you're right on point. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. This has been What on Earth is Happening. I'm Mark Passy. I'll see you all here next week. Good night, everyone.